And I want to talk to you about remembering today. The book of Deuteronomy is the book of remembrance. The first five books of the Bible were written by Moses. Moses was the human instrument that God gave us, the scriptures. And the book of Genesis tells us the beginnings, how God started the human race with Adam and Eve, and how he started the Hebrew race with Abraham and Sarah. And so we find that the two beginnings of the world, and as is what's its interest to God, is given to us in the book of Genesis. Abraham is a major character, and then Jacob, or excuse me, Isaac, and then Jacob, and then much of the, of the book, the last 13 chapters of the book of Genesis, revolves around Joseph, his great-great-grandson. With that in mind, he goes from uh, Genesis to Exodus, and Exodus is, it shows us how God got his people out of Egypt. They lived there for 400 years, they were in captivity, and the book of Exodus is how God got his people, and delivered them out of Egypt. Many of you have watched the Ten Commandments, Charleston Heston years ago. Well, that's the book of Exodus, exit. We have exit signs on each of the doors. If you want to get out, that's how you get out. Well, how they got out of Egypt is, is a given to us in the book of Exodus. The book of Leviticus is information given to God's Levitical priesthood to teach people God's word and his ways and a new way to worship. Now, they knew in Egypt about Abraham and Sarah and all of that, but they did not know God's plan for them. They had caught on to Egypt's worship. That's why they made the, the, the golden calf. That's why they sang the wicked songs. That's why they went and began to remove their clothes and to, uh, to dress immodestly. Why? Because that's what they learned in Egypt. That's the world, the type of the world. Now they're outside, and God uh, very strategically begins to give them his way and his word and his doctrines on how to lead and feed God's people. And he gave it to the Levitical priesthood, and that's why we call it the book of Leviticus. The book of Numbers is the fourth book, and that tells us what happened to God's people as they wandered around in the wilderness. It's a, it kind of shares the story of their wilderness journey. And you'll see in the book of Numbers and Deuteronomy, there are 12 times that God's people complained against God. We don't have water here. We're sick of this manna. We need some meat. Uh, we need this, and we don't like that. And they complained 12 times in the book of Numbers and Deuteronomy about things they didn't like about God. By the way, I think it's one of the greatest sins of our Christian lives is that we complain way too much. We are way too blessed and too blessed to be stressed. The poorest person, the most, uh, uh, for the folks in this room that have the, the least are, are some among the world's richest. And we ought to be so thankful to God. And one thing we ought to do on ourselves is say, listen, let's not complain. In this house, let's not have complaining. Let's have praise instead of, instead of complaining and griping. But this shows their complaining ways. It shows them and shows Moses being the meekest man to ever live, put up with them. And they were a stiff neck and a stubborn people and rebellious. And God gives that in the book of Numbers. But in the book of Deuteronomy is the book of remembrance. It's called the second law. Most of the people that... that, that uh, that uh, Moses is speaking with, he's told them, he's introduced their next leader. Joshua's going to be your next leader. And they're all millennials. <laughs> they're all young people. 
They, don't, they didn't, if they came across the Red Sea, they came across my mom and dad carrying them. They don't, they don't know all the early stories. They don't have all the, the, the great victories. They, they, they didn't spend a day of their life being a slave. So now God says, all right, I need to gather you together. You're the younger generation, and you need to hear what I told your mom and your dad, and I'm going to give you a book of remembrance. I want to remind you, because in just a short time, you are going to have some blessings come your way. You're going to become an owner. You haven't owned anything. You've been running around with things your mom and dad took out of Egypt. You've been eating food that I've given you as manna. That's going to stop one day. But you're going to go into a land that is flowing with milk and honey. You're going to eat off trees you didn't plant. You're going to, you're going to dip water out of wells you didn't dig. You're going to go into cities that you didn't establish. And you're going to get three things real quickly. You're going to get opportunities. You're going to get opportunities to expand and to do things that are very unique to you. And you're going to have the opportunity to have ownership. Caleb was thinking about it. Caleb was one of the older people in Joshua. And what was Caleb's words whenever it came time to divvy up the, uh, the, the possessions to get ownership? He said, I want that. Give me that mountain. I'm ready to be an owner. I've been, I've been, I've been, a, I've been a renter way too long. I've been a wonder way too long. I want some ownership. And then he says, you're not only going to have that, you're going to have some income. I'm going to begin to bless you financially. And you're going to know what it's like. You've been a slave. You've been working just to get food in your belly. Now you're going to be able to make some money. Now you're going to be able to take the things I have and you're going to multiply them. But here's what's going to happen. You're going to get fat and sassy and you're going to forget God. You're going to forget me. I don't want you to forget me. In chapter 5, he tells them, the Ten Commandments again. They're found in Exodus chapter 20. They're found again in Deuteronomy chapter 5. In chapter 6, he says, not only do you have the Ten Commandments I just gave you, I want you to put them in your heart. I want them to be inside of you. And teenager, they ought to be inside of you. And mom and dad, they ought to be inside of you. And young adult, they ought to be inside of you. And senior adult, they ought to be inside of you. Put them inside your heart. And then teach them and talk about them to other people. Tell your children about them. Tell your children about the things of God and convey it. Don't just keep it. Put it on the inside of you and you keep talking about God's goodness and his laws and don't forget them. And he reminds them and emphasizes, don't just have the word of God. Obey what I tell you to do. Do it. In chapter 7, he tells them, hey, once you do it, he said, but, but first... Make sure you separate. You're going to go to a land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the other Ite brothers that are there. He said, you're going to go in there. He says, look, they're in your world, but don't let them get in you. You're in their world, but don't get spotted by the world. Don't you marry their girls. Don't you marry their sons. You keep a separation because he knew that you can't lay with dogs and not get fleas. He said, be not deceived. Evil communications will corrupt the way I want you to live. So he tells them in chapter 7, stay away from the world. You're going to go into the city. You're going to go into the Canaan land. All this I've prepared for you. Your, your grandparents wanted to come. Your parents wanted to come. They failed in, in, uh, in going into there. But I'm going to let you go. But I want you to remember these things. I want you to remember my law. I want you to write in your hearts. I want you to talk about it. Make sure your kids get it. 
And he doesn't want you to separate from those that are wrong, and then I want you to be committed to obey. And in chapter 8 of Deuteronomy, he challenged us with some things. And of course, this is Memorial Day weekend, so there's a few things we need to remember. I want to encourage you to think about it with me. We're going to go verse by verse through this and look at a couple things. Verse number 1 of Deuteronomy chapter 8. Would you look at it with me? And all the commandments that I, I, which I command thee this day, this is Moses speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, shall ye observe to do. He said, all the things I've told you to do, now you do it. Don't just talk about it. Don't just think about it, but obey it. Do the Nike thing. Just do it. He says that ye may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers. May I just say to you, young people, many of you, I'm in this group. My dad, he was, uh, he was raised in a drunkard's house. There was all kinds of bipolar activity going on. There was gambling going on. There was fortune telling going on. There was drunkenness continually. It was a fighting. It was terrible. I didn't grow up like that. My dad came out of that wicked world. And he gave me a different kind of world to live in. What challenges me and what sickens me is that young men and young ladies who your parents came out of drunkenness, you find yourself going into drunkenness. Your parents came out of the filthy movies and things of that and you're going to the stinking movies. They changed their dress standards when they got saved and you are going back into living like the world. And he's talking to young adults. He says, listen, guys, you're going to have the blessings that you're not going to believe. You're going to be able to, to, to enjoy things your parents only dreamed about enjoying. You better make sure that you get the law of God in your heart and you practice it and you obey it yourself. And plan to observe to do it. Whatever I've told you to do, do it. Then I can bless you and I can multiply you in the place of God's blessings. By the way, I don't care if you're young or old. Quit compromising. Quit living a, a carnal life. Well, you know, I just feel like that. No one cares how you feel, and God doesn't either. Well, I just kind of raised in my own heart that this is, that's your problem, Spanky. Quit reasoning in your own heart, and let's go back to the same scriptures, and they were good then, they're good now, and I believe God will help us and teach us to live soberly and righteously and holy in this present world. If there's ever a time when God's people ought to live holy, it's right now. The darker the night, the brighter the light. And some of us were chameleons. Some of us, we just want to, we want to have Christianity on our terms. We want to love God on our terms. We don't say, well, you know, that's how they used to do it. You know, it's a different way. It's 2020, and I get that, but I also understand you ought to be relevant, but you ought to be righteous too. Right is always right. Wrong is always wrong. And some of us, the things we do to try to be relevant, I think is just absolutely wicked. God's people are told, listen, though you're young and though you've been given great blessings, you still have a responsibility to obey the word of the Lord. And we'll learn this by remembering certain things. You'll see the word remember and lest thou forget over and over in the book of Deuteronomy. I would encourage you to look at, maybe do a little Google search or go on your Bible app and you can just see, just put remember and see how many verses it says remember. Or lest thou forget or not forget. See how many times you find the word forget in Deuteronomy. 
and read each of those verses and apply them to your heart and say, you know, I don't want to forget that. I don't want to forget that. God knew that we'd forget. One of the reasons we do the Lord's Supper is God didn't want us to forget his son. He wanted us to remember. That's why I think when there's a Lord's Supper, I don't care what's going on. I want to be there when it happens. We don't do it often. He says, as often as you do it, whenever you do it, tell everybody to come and tell them to give worth to it. I'm looking forward to that on July the 5th. I think it's going to be something special. It ought to be more, more special to you. Why? Because it's God's son we're talking about. We're remembering him. He's important. He says, your, your success or failure is going to rest heavily upon what you remember. Let's look real quickly at verse number two. Can we look at that? The Bible says, and thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God hath led thee these 40 years into the wilderness. God says, first thing I want you to remember is your trip, your journey. I want, the, I want all of us to start looking back and say, you know what? Look what God led me to do. One of the things you have to have confidence in, have faith in God, is how he made you, how he's prepared you, and how he's led you. You know, think, to think about me, in my own heart, and I, of course I live with me, so I know more about me than most people do. But I think about how God touched my life. Yesterday, I, I saw a lady, and I was in a wedding, and she said, are you John Wilkerson? Did you ever live in Superior, Wisconsin? I said, yes. She goes, I am, and she gave me her name. And she was in the van that went from Superior, Wisconsin, that broke down through a radiator belt and in a bar parking lot. We got that fixed, and we made our way all the way to the youth conference here. And I spent from Monday to Thursday. And she was sitting with me in the Jack Howells Auditorium with that group whenever I surrendered to serve the Lord at 13 years old. Her dad scooted over beside me. People were filling the platform. I just sat there and cried. And he, he reached over at me. I was kneeling at my seat. He knelt down with me up in that balcony, that corner section right beside the PA booth. And he said, John, what's the problem? I said, I think God wants me to serve him, but I don't know how he could use me. I'm skinny. I'm poor. My teeth, I sing. All I want for Christmas is one straight tooth. It's terrible. I was crying. I was, I was emotional. <gasps> I, I remember crying like that. And he said, no. He said, John, if God wants to use you, what are you fighting? Just do it. Just say yes, you'll do it. Just right now, just say yes. I said, yes. I said, God, if you want to use me, I will surrender right now. Who would have ever thought I would have the joy to go to church with you? From 13, but you know, I think about how God led me. He led me from there to, to go to Lebanon, Missouri. My, my dad moved there, and then he moved to Sircoxie, Missouri, and then to Hendersonville, Tennessee, and then I got a chance to hear about Howells Anderson College and think about coming to college here, and I came here, and I met Linda, and then went to California and came back, here, came back to Louisiana, then back to California, then back here. And I think about my life. I think, you know, Lord, I got to tip my hat to you. You've led me. And I love the way the trip that you led me. It's not been easy. There's been some dark nights. There's been some difficult times. But how many could look back in your life and say, Lord, I don't want to remember how you led me. I don't want to forget how you led me. I want to thank you for the trip, the journey that you brought me, the protection that he's given us. Look at the next thing he says. I want you to remember the way God led you in the wilderness. 
And I'd like for you to just think about that for a second. I know I'm getting, I told you to go back to your Bible, but would you just think for a second? What is something you can thank God for, how he's led you? I think of Miss Cynthia and Brother West Powell here with their beautiful girls. Cynthia, I think you were a bus child, right? This beautiful missionary wife, just a little bus girl in Chicago running around and a bus worker invites them to come to church. Now she's been serving the Lord in Brazil, speaking Spanish, English, Portuguese. Now she's been used to the Lord in a sweet way. You can see how God lets, leads someone to beautiful things. So I think we ought to remember how God's led us in, in our trip, if you wouldn't. Let me give you the second one real quickly. To humble thee. You know what humbles us? Trials. Difficulties. Nothing quite humbles you like a difficult trial. He said, I want you to remember not only your trip and your journey, but I want you to remember your trials. Whenever you stopped and you didn't know what you are going to eat, and I gave you manna. Whenever you didn't have any water and you're thinking, the kid's saying, I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty, and God gave you water out of a rock. God brought a terrible water that was mara, was, was bitter, and he, he put, a, put a stick in it and gave you fresh water. It's when he took you to the place where you didn't know what you were going to do. I'll never forget looking out the airplane from San Angelo, Texas to Dallas, Texas, when I just found out, I just preached my grandfather's funeral, and I came home from that, and the phone was ringing. My little brother Luke said, he said, John, you've got to go home. You've got to come home now. He said, I just rolled Dad into the emergency room, and he went into cardiac arrest. He said, they're working on him right now. You've got to get home. I don't care what you have to do. Get here. I can't do this by myself. Get Mama here. And I remember trying to find a way, and I remember looking out the, 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 the glass of that little airplane and crying to the Lord because I was quickly humbled. I was quickly humbled. I thought my dad, I knew he was not the healthiest guy, but I thought he was going to live forever. Then going through that difficult time. You remember the trials you went through when the doctor said you got cancer. The doctor said you've you got a call from the coroner. You've got a call from the emergency room. You've got situations about that you've went through, financial reversal or bankruptcy or challenges that were just overwhelming or you got your pink slip and you're thinking, what am I going to do? God says, whenever you're going to, into a promised land, remember the trip, remember the journey, remember the trials, the times that we humble us. By the way, God tells us he's like a father who chastens his son. He's not like an adversary who chastens you. He's a father who chastens you. He allows difficult times to come into our life so that we will be humbled. Well, you can't teach a proud boy or girl anything. You can't teach a proud person anything. They won't even let you. They'll be quiet long enough to let you to be quiet, then they want to say what they want to say. Whatever you tell them, it just goes water off a duck's back. But when we're humble, we're all of a sudden ready to listen. He said, remember when I humbled you, when I gave a difficult time in your pathway? That was my purpose. Let's continue on. Can we please look at the next thing he does? Not only he, he wants us to remember our trip and our journey, but our trials. But he says, and I would prove thee to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or not, or no. I want to share some more things with you, but time is going to get away from me. But I want to just say this. The next thing he does is test us. He wants you to remember the test. The trip, the trials, and the test. 
You know, every one of us are being evaluated by God right now. In the balcony, you're being evaluated by God. Teenager, you're being evaluated by God. Senior adult, you're still under evaluation. Matter of fact, the Bible says that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of him whose heart is perfect. He says in Ezekiel that he sought for a man among them that would make up the hedge and stand before him in the, in the gap. But he said, I couldn't find anybody. The trials, the difficulties of our life, they evaluate us and say, are we, is my heart right with God? And he wants us to remember those things. He wants us to remember that you are under scrutiny. Not of someone who's angry with you, but someone who loves you and he wants to bless you. You can see that the rest of this chapter, and we'll look at it again tonight, probably the same, the same chapter. But we'll talk to a God who wants to multiply you. He's not out to bang you and hit you on the head. But his trials are to evaluate, to evaluate is to prove, to test us, is our heart right with God? Where are we at? And are we going to obey him or no? I'll just say this very candidly. I think this difficult pandemic worldwide not right now, but in six months, it will separate the men from the boys. Right now, it's novel to get back to church. We'll find out what it is in six months. You know what will be the difference? We'll forget how good it was. We'll forget the trial. We'll forget the testing. We'll forget the trip. We'll forget all that happened to us. And we, now, we're going to find out who's willing to obey and who's willing not. There's really just two choices on the shelf. You either give, live for God or you live for yourself. So you're going to either obey the Lord or you're going to do what you want to do. That's really the issue on every facet of life, whether it be faithfulness, fidelity, giving to the Lord, honoring the Lord, fearing the Lord. Really, it's matter. It's, it's independent decision. You can't blame your mama. You can't blame your daddy. You can't blame your background. All of us have been given more than we ever deserve, and to whom much is given, much is required. But he says, I'm going to evaluate you. I want you to remember your trip. I want you to remember the testings where I humbled you. I brought you low so you'd look to me. And I, and I want you to know that I proved you. I want to see what's on the inside of you. It's one thing for you. And boy, we've, we've, if anybody's good at this, we're good at this. We judge people by what they look like or what they do. And we don't know what they are. But what they are comes out. On the inside comes out under heat. It's a teabag syndrome. What's on the inside of that tea bag comes out when hot water's poured on it, when they're evaluated, when, when the heat comes. A sponge, what's on the inside of the sponge comes out when there's pressure put on it. I want to encourage you tonight, this morning, to earnestly look to the Word of God and say, God, I don't want to forget how you brought me through. I don't want to forget how you helped me when I was humbled and broken. And I don't want to forget that you're still evaluating me and just seeing what's on the inside of me. I want my heart to be pure and right with you.